As Earth Keepers, we hold wisdom about our planet within our bodies learned through lifetimes of experience on Earth and throughout the cosmos. I'm Amy Dempster, a shamanic practitioner and your host for the Earth Keepers podcast, and I'm on a journey to reconnect with my soul family, the other Earth Keepers, grid workers, portal tenders, land stewards, and nature lovers around the world. On this podcast, you won't find gurus or dogma, just a safe space where I share personal stories from my spiritual journey. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Earth Keepers podcast, and happy September! You may or may not have noticed that the podcast has been on hiatus the past few weeks. After two week-long out-of-state road trips in June and July, and then a two-week-long visit from family in August, I needed some space to catch up, relax, and refill the creative well. And that's exactly what happened. For me, I need the space for thoughts and ideas, not only to percolate into my mind, but also the time to think about them, and feel into them, and integrate them. What's interesting is that what I expected to want to talk about and share upon my return is totally different from what I've been sitting with, because what's been coming through loud and clear this past month is a need to talk more about death. And wait, don't turn this off yet and try to run away from what sounds like a depressing discussion. Because honestly, that's a big part of the problem. Our culture's deep desire to ignore and avoid death at all costs. And what's obvious is that this is exactly what we need to be talking about in this moment in time. Because if we are, in fact, in the midst of a great awakening, which I believe we are, we can't get there without a whole lot of death. And not just physical death, although that's a part of it, but the death of so many of our beliefs and institutions and day-to-day reality. We somehow think that humanity will have this mass awakening one day, and then the next day we'll all wake up in a rainbow-colored utopia filled with unicorns and sunshine. And okay, maybe that's possible, but not likely. Because to get to that utopia, we have to collectively create it. And that's really hard to do while we're all so desperately clutching to the things we don't want to let go of. It's not someone else's job to create that world while the rest of us Netflix and chill. Or more accurately, while we're working our butts off just to get by so that billionaires can fly their dick planes into space. Yeah, that's right, dick planes. I'm not sure if we were more amused or horrified by that spectacle this summer, but It sure the hell made every single one of us stop and think about how much money we've given to Amazon over the past decade, didn't it? Anyhow, as usual, I digress. We're going to talk about death and dying today, or rather how exactly we're living in preparation for our impending deaths. But before we go there, let me take a quick detour to something I'm super excited about. The Earthenders Academy live workshop in Florida on October 16th and 17th. Yep, I am leaving Montana in arguably the best month of the year to spend a few weeks in the Florida panhandle with you. Because 
During my time in isolation the past year and a half, two messages came through loud and clear. First, that I should be teaching in person. And as amazing as technology has become to allow us to connect to wherever we are in the world every day of the year, nothing is a substitute for gathering in person and amplifying our shared intentions for doing healing work with the earth. And second, that although my husband and I have done significant personal work around prioritizing the things that are important to us and creating the lifestyle and freedom we want to have, we tend to just let the days and months pass without planning to do the things we want to do or go the places we want to go. So no more wasting time. We're giving ourselves the reasons to get out and explore, see family in other parts of the country, and visit the places we want to see. So if you're feeling the same way, I really hope you'll decide to join us. Here's what we'll be doing. On Saturday and Sunday, October 16th and 17th, we'll be gathering at a studio called Alive and Kicking 30A in Santa Rosa Beach, Florida, where I'll be teaching the entire Earth Tenders Academy curriculum live. Sarah and Jordan, the owners of Alive and Kicking, are two amazing humans who've created the coolest business after a wake-up call of their own. After a series of tragic events in their lives, they quit their soul-sucking jobs in Dallas, packed their kids and animals, and moved to the beach. But after arriving in paradise, Jordan faced a life-threatening illness that brought him to death's door. He vowed to change everything for a second chance at life, and that's exactly what happened. He and Sarah embarked on their healing journey together. And then when their neighborhood yoga studio closed down, they jumped at the opportunity to create something unique for their community, and Alive and Kicking was born. But what I love most about what they've created is that it's way more than a yoga studio. In fact, their tagline is, a cool place to do weird shit. And I can think of no better place to host us for our super cool event. Now, if you are not familiar with the Earth Tenders Academy, it's my signature course where I teach you pretty much everything I know about working energetically with the spirits of the land. The content is broken up into nine sessions that we'll work through together over the two days. So let me tell you a little bit about what's in each session. So in Sacred Sovereignty, you'll learn how to set the stage to work with spirit in the middle world, because that's where the spirits of the land reside. And we'll also cover how to clear and protect your own energy and the energy of your home. Now in the second session, Illuminate Your Path, we'll talk about dealing with and releasing fear in your spiritual journeys. Then in Exchange Form for Frequency, we'll do a deep dive into what vibration and frequency are and how we can use it to interact with the earth energies and do healing work. In the session called Sense Your Surroundings, you'll have a little pre-event work to get to know the place you live on a deeper level, and then we'll be engaging with the energies where you live during the workshop. Assemble Your Ethereal Support Team is the exciting session where we will meet and get acquainted with the spirits of the land. Then during Align Your Earth Energies, we'll talk all about portals, grids, stargates, and the Earth's living library. Then we'll get into becoming multidimensional, working with timelines, journeying outside of time and space. And in the session on embodying the pillar of light, this is where you'll learn and practice how to do energy work with the land, including preparing yourself for healing work and the different methods you can use, along with plenty of practice time. 
And finally, Activate Your Ascension Contract is an opportunity to explore how you can share your healing gifts with the earth and others. There is seriously so much packed into this course, and I'm excited for the opportunity for you to experience it live and in person, where we can practice skills together and I can answer your questions in the moment. This will be a super immersive experience with plenty of shamanic journeying to practice your skills and get comfortable with really trusting the intuitive and psychic information you receive in meditation. So are you excited to join us? There is a link in the show notes to get all of the details and sign up. And if you're thinking that you have a friend that you might want to bring with you, I have something special if you sign up and bring a friend. You'll each get $50 off the cost of the workshop when you both sign up. So send the link to your friend or post in the following Hawks Earthkeepers community on Facebook that you're thinking about coming and want to make a new friend who also wants to go. I can tell you for certain that every time I do any kind of in-person gathering like this, people always connect with others in a much deeper way than they anticipated and make new friends that they can text or call about all the weird stuff that happens to us that mm, other people don't totally understand. And that goes for me too. So go check out the details in the show notes and mark your calendar for October in Florida. Now, on to our topic for the day or actually for the month, because this is the first of four episodes I'm calling The Great Awakening Series. I tried to come up with a better name for it after Googling The Great Awakening and realizing it's been attached to all of the Q drama of the past 18 months, which is a whole other story we don't have time for. But I did wonder if people would see the title for this series and think that's what we were going to talk about. And I guess I do want to touch on it because it does have some relevance for the larger conversation. Because when I looked it up, the definition I found online, I mean, if you can believe anything online anymore, is that Q followers believe that the Great Awakening involves a single event in which there will be a mass epiphany where all of humanity will clearly see that global elitists have long controlled the government, media, and more. And that when we can all see the truth, these institutions we've trusted for so long will fall away ushering in an age of utopia. And look, I don't know if that's true or not. I'm not in the business of needing to know what the billionaires of the world are doing with their time. And I honestly don't think that it matters because it also once again creates a scenario where we just wait around waiting for this day of reckoning at which point our lives will magically transform into something better or different than they are today. Pretty much the same story religion has been telling us for thousands of years that utopia or heaven is on the other side of some cataclysmic event. And so long as we're on the right side of history or aligned with the good guys or whatever, then we'll get to enjoy the paradise that awaits us. Instead of creating that paradise in the here and now, which I guarantee you the billionaires already know how to do. They're busy creating their version of paradise for themselves. Do you think it aligns with your vision? We're busy blaming the government and Bill Gates for what's wrong with the world rather than doing anything about it. And look, there is some truth in there, and I'm not going to deny that. The rules of the world were made up and reinforced by people who want us to play the game where they win and we lose, over and over again, until we die. And we've been collectively playing along for generations. 
So it's a hard habit to break. But I'm here to suggest that it doesn't have to be that way anymore. And we're going to get into that deeper over the next few weeks. Because I don't think that I'm the only one that saw a whole lot of death and destruction in the world over the past month. There was a huge energetic gateway during the month of August. Lots of individual and collective choice points that played out. So what does that mean? That a lot of people chose to leave this earth plane, aka they died. There were more deaths in my personal circle in the past month than in the last year and a half combined. And none of them were from COVID. Because contrary to the constant drone of the media at the moment, there are many ways to check out and move on to the other side. We've also seen some dramatic planetary death over the past month. And I hate to think that we're getting used to seeing it now, month after month, year after year, But when you live somewhere where ash has been raining from the sky for weeks on end, as it has been across much of the Western states, it's pretty hard to keep ignoring the fact that there's a whole lot of places burning right now, and for most months of the year anymore. So next week, we're going to talk more about planetary death, which many of you have been asking me about recently. And then here we are at the doorstep of the 20th anniversary of 9-11, where we're collectively seeing that all of the death and destruction in the Middle East maybe hasn't been for anyone's freedom or liberty at all. And if that situation doesn't make us stop in our tracks and ask a whole lot of questions, I'm not sure what will. So yeah, if you were wondering when this big event was going to happen to get humanity to wake up, this is it. We're in it right now. It's a series of smaller events that add up to the complete overhaul of life as we know it. But it's not going to be accomplished in one day. We're getting the opportunity to see what needs to die, what needs to be dismantled in order to create what's next. And we get to be the creators. How awesome is that? But before we can get to what's happening with the planet or the new humans we're becoming or how to work with quantum fields of consciousness, all of which I'll be sharing about this month, first, we have to reckon with our own death. We have to. It is critical at this point. Because if there's one thing on display right now, so obvious to anyone who's looking, is our absolute abject fear of death. Our death, our parents and our partner's death, the death of our children and our friends. This is what we're fighting about right now. This is why we're not talking to family and friends who we love who have dared to make a different decision about their health this year than we did. It's not out of hatred for them that we are locked in this disagreement. It's out of fear, fear of loss. And really, it's out of love. It just doesn't feel that way if you're being attacked for your personal beliefs. But we're not actually fighting about masks or vaccines or mandates. Those are easy topics to discuss over dinner or text in a meme to help us put on a brave face, to pretend that we're not thinking what we're really thinking, that we're going to die. And so are our loved ones. Of COVID? Maybe, or maybe not. We live in a time where our culture and our medical system has trained us to avoid death at all costs. That succumbing to death is somehow a failure on the part of all of the people around us who should have, could have, done more to prevent the one thing that is so totally certain for each one of us. But once we can truly embrace the fact that death is coming for us eventually, 
then we can really live our lives. Instead of beginning every day or every new adventure, asking ourselves, what's the worst that can happen? And then attempting to plan for all possible scenarios, we can instead approach our lives asking ourselves, what would we do if we knew our time was limited? What if your time was limited? Spoiler alert, it is. The act of living is the act of dying. We die a little bit each day. So how are you spending your limited time? When I was a teenager, one of my 4-H leaders was diagnosed with terminal cancer, a brain tumor, if I remember right. The doctors told her she had six months to live. And this was the first time I'd heard something like this, a person being given a timeline for their death. I guess I was lucky to not have experienced that earlier in my life. It was also the first time I witnessed someone's response to this kind of diagnosis. She immediately quit her job, drained her savings account, and started traveling around the world, intent to see all the things she wanted to see before she died. And guess what happened? The tumor shrank and she was fine. I remember being completely mystified by this at the time. I mean, how does that happen? Of course, we know how that happens. She was unhappy with her life. She wasn't doing the things she wanted to do, but she was too scared to do them until she was given a deadline. And as soon as she started living life on her terms, she was given more time to keep living it. Now, of course, we've all heard plenty of these stories and they don't always turn out this way. Sometimes the tumor still grows and the person dies. We all have our unique issues to deal with and heal. But the point is, if you have six months to live, Would you keep doing what you're doing right now, every day? Would you keep the same people in your life, the same job, the same place you live? Because every single day you give energy in your life to something you already know is over, you are giving your life force energy away to what's already dead. So if knowing you'll die soon inspires you to live differently, how are you being inspired right now? After a year and a half of pandemic living and the possibility of death around every corner, are you hiding in your house, afraid to live the life you have left? Don't blame the pandemic, because the real epidemic we're dealing with is millions of unfulfilled, unlived lives. People doing jobs they hate, living with people who are making them miserable, in cities making them sick, because they're afraid of what might happen if they make a change. Of course a virus is going to capitalize on that. Of course a virus can infect millions of miserable people. We're making it easy. That fear that's hanging in the air around us all is the perfect breeding grounds for a virus to flourish because that's the frequency it thrives on. And we are so, so scared that we or anyone in our lives might get sick and die that we're unconsciously lowering our frequency to the exact vibration the virus needs to enter our bodies. So. What do we do about this? How do we get more comfortable with the idea of death? Well, first, we have to get more comfortable with the idea of life, of really, truly living our lives like there is no time to waste. And that starts with reconciling our life long before we get to our deathbed. Because death itself is just a moment in time where our soul leaves the body. And at that moment, we do not immediately report to heaven. I'm sorry to tell you, but we have work to do when we die, and it has to be done before we get to go all the way to the other side. We have to reconcile our lives. That's part of the process, and it cannot be avoided. But we get all caught up in the drama of doing this work while we're alive, 
rather than just dealing with it. And then we allow issues to go on for years of our lives. The people we need to apologize to, the issues that need sorting out, the soul fragments that need to be retrieved. If we deal with these things while we're still alive, while we still have the opportunity and free will to take action, then we don't have to do it when we die and there's nothing left for us to change. Or we won't be trying to reconcile with family members as they're close to death. Deal with your death now because it's coming eventually. So sort your shit out. Go to therapy if you need to. Find a shaman to help you get your soul parts back. Help your earthbound ancestors find peace and cross over. Your life and your death depend on it. And speaking of your dead ancestors, let me tell you a quick story about how they might be affecting you. A number of years ago, I had a point where I knew what I wanted to do with my life, but I just couldn't get motivated to do it. It wasn't fear. It was more like apathy or a lack of energy around taking the action steps that I knew needed to happen. I finally went to work with a healer because I knew something was wrong, but I just didn't know what it was. Why was I blocking myself like this? And after a session or two, we got to the bottom of it. I had an ancestor who I'd never met in this lifetime, who had an incredibly strong belief that family came first, which isn't a bad belief to have in general. But she believed that every other want or desire in life should be sacrificed in order to take care of family. And she was right there in the background of my life, pushing that belief on me. It was so subtle that I hadn't noticed her doing it until I went looking for the source of the issue. And there she was, trying to continue living out her life and her beliefs through me and gently keeping me from pursuing my life's work. And that's not okay. I helped her to understand that she couldn't continue doing that and then helped her to cross over. And sure enough, my energy shifted immediately. So I might sound pushy right now around doing your healing work, but these are the types of things you find when you go do the work. I mean, what if your passion to pursue your purpose in this life is locked up with a soul fragment that needs to be returned to you? Don't you want to go get it now? Not only will your life improve while you still have something to do with it, but you'll improve the vibration of the entire collective because we are the collective. And when we have a collective issue, it affects every single one of us. And when we heal, the collective is also healed. You want this pandemic to end and the utopia of the great awakening to begin? Then we're going to have to do this together. And the solution won't be found in a syringe. I mean, that might work for a little while to lull us back into complacency, but then our collective vibration will just create something else to help us overcome our fears. So yes, humanity might be awakening right now, but we're not there yet. And you see why I said that we can't just sit back and wait for this big event to happen where the world will suddenly look different. It's up to us to make it happen. So here's my challenge to you that actually comes from a Why Shamanism Now podcast episode on death. Can you wake up every single day and ask yourself, is today a good day to die? If today had to be my last day in this body on earth, what needs to be reconciled? Who do I want to say thank you to? Is there anyone I need to reach out to? Are there places in my life where I'm giving 
my life to dead energy? Maybe it's too much to do in one day, but that's okay. Make a list and start chipping away. Because most likely, you have many years left until your death to go live a fulfilling life. And when you do arrive at that moment in time, after your physical death, where it's time to review and reconcile, your work will have already been done on this side of the veil. And I would also bet that if you asked yourself that question each morning, you would slowly become more comfortable with the idea of death and begin to release the fear surrounding it. I mean, I for one have no intention of leaving this body anytime soon. I have plenty of work to do and fun to have in this lifetime. And frankly, I'm not ready to start over yet, but I'm okay with that time coming whenever it does. Because I know that everything that dies goes on to live again. The end of one adventure only means the beginning of a new one. But in the meanwhile, I'm going to do what I need to do to live this life to the fullest. So I'll leave you on that note and give you the week to let that sink in before we continue this series next week on planetary death and dying. I know, heavy stuff. But when we can sit with what's dying right now, including ourselves, then we'll be ready to birth something new, which I think we're all ready for right now. So have a great week. Don't forget to check out the link in the show notes for Earth Tenders Academy Live in Florida. And I'll see you right back here next Tuesday. Thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to the Earth Keepers podcast. I'm so honored to share this journey with you. I would love it if you join me and other Earth Keepers from around the world in the Following Hawks Earth Keepers community on Facebook. To find the show notes, additional resources, or learn more about working with me, go to earthkeeperspodcast.com. Until next time, I'll see you in the multiverse.